everybody. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Good morning, everybody. Hope you came ready to worship. What can wash away my sin? I said, what can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Let's stand, if you would, and we're going to sing that together, all right? Here we go. Let's do the right key. Let's try that again. Here we go. sing graves into gardens amen let's sing it together all right here we go
morning. Woo, I'm telling you. Now, if you weren't in Sunday school, we already been shouting in Sunday school. Amen. So the rest of you are going to have to catch up, all right? So put a smile on your face, turn around, tell five people, you look better than I've ever seen you look before. Amen. And uh, just fellowship for a little while, and uh, then we're going to continue on. fellowship if you would you can find your place and you can go ahead and be seated give brother martin a big hand this man's getting skinny isn't he and uh let's uh do some of that you got a, got a few more pounds to lose and then i'll be happy well i'm happy already anyway but all right so uh first i want to um just want to share a little something with you um two sundays ago saw on Facebook where uh, one of our first graders from Chapel Hill was on the way back from Mexico and passed away. And so I saw that on Facebook and I thought, man, somehow we're going to be involved in this. Um, I don't know the people. I know they were younger than me. I, I've never met them. But, you know, the Lord dropped something in your heart. And so days passed, nobody reached out, nothing happened. And so I was like, well, I guess I got that one wrong. But Wednesday mid-morning, I get a text saying that the family's looking for somewhere to have a service. And I know that I'm at the right place because it's Landmark. And over this past week, I've done three services or three memorial services, probably going to do another one this next week. And Amanda and I were driving along, and she's like, you know, how awesome is it? I was like, what are you talking about? She has said, how awesome is it that we go to a place like Landmark? I'm like, well, pretty awesome, but I don't know what you're talking about. She said, uh, well, it's just sad sometimes that there's people that are not tied into a church family somewhere, and they don't have anywhere to turn when things like this happen. And she said, it's so amazing that we have people that are willing to open up our doors regardless of what that looks like, and not be so dignified that they don't let people inside the church house when, th when things are hurting like this. And so I thought to myself, <laughs> that is pretty amazing. So I was like, you know, when are we doing the service? Well, we'd like to have it tomorrow night. <laughs> I'm like Fred G. Sanford. Oh, it's the big one. But we're landmark. Anything we can do to make this easier on the family, we're going to be willing to do. And so, I don't say this bragging on me. I, don't say, I say this bragging on the 
on the heart that our people here have. I'm going to just tell you, that was a tough, that was a tough one. A very, very, very tough one. But when you have people like Miss Mary and people that help her be able to cook up food to serve the family at 9 o'clock on a Thursday night and do all the work that needs to be done, that doesn't just happen. And so I thank you all that um, provided desserts, all of you that answered Miss Mary's call. It was very unorthodox and totally different than anything most of our culture here is used to. But we opened up the church on Wednesday after, sir, after we had our service here. The family brought in, had their view with the body, stayed here till past midnight. Nobody complained. Somebody showed up on Thursday, cleaned up the bathrooms, cleaned everything up. Nobody complained. Somebody else showed up the next day afterwards to clean up, do all that, and nobody complained. I tell you, I was in charge of the sound equipment. Martine and sound equipment and technology do not get along. Brother James was out of town, but he walked me through everything. There was a few hiccups along the service, but the service was one of the most touching services that I've ever been to and been a part of. You have Igor. Where's Igor? Right here. Igor walking around, bringing chairs in, just helping in any way he can. But there's so many of us in here that are willing to do that, and I'm just so thankful that most of the services that I've done, I started thinking about it, I'm a pastor to the pastorless in the times that the pastor is needed. And that's amazing that I have a church full of people that are willing to get behind me because that's what Landmark has been, that's what Landmark is, and that's what Landmark will continue to be. And I thank you for that. So, having gotten that out of the way, do we have any first-time visitors? If I didn't sell you to join the church, then uh, your wood's wet. Any first-time visitors? Okay, no first-time visitors. Um, Want to let you know we do have Wednesday morning Bible study in the fellowship hall from 10 to 11, Wednesday night services. Uh, we feed a good dinner at 6 o'clock, and then 7 p.m. we have something for everybody. Brother Mark mentioned Sunday school. You know, I, I, I love Sunday school. I'll tell you, I've not always loved Sunday school, but I, I love learning so that I can teach. I become sharpened by teaching, and I, I love whenever Brother Mark allows me to teach. And uh, so if you don't make Sunday school, that's the place you grow. That's the place you learn. That's the place where uh, the living word becomes the living by us learning. We do need help for teachers and helpers with children and toddlers for Wednesday night. See Miss Cindy. Oh, I left Miss Cindy out. She was here Wednesday. She was absolutely amazing. Thank you for Brother Gary. Um, again, uh, Landmark, you can give uh, your tithes online at giving.landmarktyler.com. It is set up through PayPal. Now, I've got some good news and I've got some bad news, ladies. The great news is Chapel Hill won. Our Blue Dogs are going to the semifinals again. Second year in a row that our Chapel Hill Bulldogs are in the state semifinals. So that means that the Christmas Ladies Fellowship, this was scheduled for Friday, December the 9th, has been put on hold for just one night. Just one night. Now, our Blue Dogs, our Chapel Hill Bulldogs, are playing at uh, the Alamo Bowl at 7 p.m. on Friday. So if you want to, men, 
Where's Mark? Mark's not here. He normally makes every game. That's the guy I was going to tell. Well, just let them know that the river walk is usually decorated very well for uh, Christmas time. So, gentlemen, that would be a great time to take your wife to a ball game and the river walk. Um, so it is being postponed till Saturday night. So Saturday night at 6 p.m., uh, there is a sign-up sheet up here, covered dishes, drinks. Uh, ladies are playing the Dirty Santa game where you steal stuff from other people. Very church-appropriate. Uh, dollar limit is $20. Here's the thing. Don't bring junk. If you wouldn't take it home for yourself, don't bring it. Ain't that right, Ms. BJ? <laughs> don't re-gift that gift that you didn't want that you got last year. <laughs> I know some of you do that because I've done that. <laughs> there is a sign-up sheet over here for you ladies about what you uh, want to bring. There will not be a nursery provided. It is, a, it is adult-only time. Um, Today after church, we do need some help. Uh, Brother Nelson, another guy that steps up and does anything, had got all the decorations out, did everything I asked him this week, and so we just need help uh, putting up Christmas decorations. That is today after church. See Miss Cindy, uh, if you are able to help. Also, we've got some, some pretty bags up here, and uh, Miss um, Allison told us that we are getting a family tree together. And so bring an or ornament that represents your family, put it in one of these bags, we'll put it on our Christmas tree. Great idea. I've never heard of that before, but it is absolutely awesome. I've been trying to find some funny ornament for my family, but I hadn't found one. Also, we will have angels on the angel tree. If y'all don't know, we have families that are in need. That is our ministry. Come on Wednesday night, you'll smell them, you'll see them, but you know what, that's one of the things that drew me to Landmark, was the man with one finger holding his hand out, watching him as the kids that are dirty and maybe not accepted at other places, hugs, his, hugs their neck and he says, has anybody told you they loved you today? And usually they say no, brother Mike loves you. You know how many times I've used that and it breaks those kids down and lets you into their world? Works every time. So we do need help with the angel tree, lots of families in need. So whenever we get that up, uh, make sure you grab an angel off that tree and uh, help us provide Christmas for some families that are in need. Amen? Yes, ma'am. Oh. Angel trees are laying down right now. They're not flying, but you can go ahead and grab one that's lying down. It's allowed. Um, if you want to go ahead and grab one or ten. And then uh, life recovery class today at 1 p.m. And again, I love my church family. Thank you for being who you are. Amen. Amen. Give Brother Martin a big hand. I want to give uh, throw that right back at Brother Martin, too. Uh, many of you know I have another job, and so uh, I do an events and stuff, and so it is the season. And so uh, I was having to work every night this past week. And so uh, I called Brother Martin and said, Brother Martin, uh, I need you to step in and do this. And Brother Martin, with no complaints and nothing, uh, nothing negative, stepped right in, handled everything. Brother Martin, you the man. Amen. You the man. Amen. And so... Uh, Thank you for being Landmark. Thank you for, uh, again, just uh, 
what you did to minister to the Ramirez family. Please keep praying for them, if you would, all right? We're going to sing a new song. We're going to teach you a new song. Stand up, if you would. And uh, this song takes uh, a friend of mine and Julie's wrote this song with Mac Powell from Third Day. And it takes all of those old songs, talks about how they ministered uh, to them. And it uh, uses a little bit of uh, uh, Christ's Solid Rock, Amazing Grace, uh, the old rugged cross, uh, Peace Like a River, um, Because He Lives, uh, all those old songs. So I want you to get some precious memories on this song. All right, it's called This Is My Song. You learn it if you
one together. Angels, we have heard on high. Tis the season we wanted to start with one Christmas song with you this morning, all right? Angels, we have heard on high. Let's sing it together. Put your hands together, help us out. Christmas season as it approaches, God, and I pray that, Lord, you would keep our minds and our spirits focused on you truly 
Jesus is the reason for the season, God. May we look to see what we can do. May we treat others as more important than ourselves during this time of year. May we just see whom we can inspire, whom we can, uh, Lord, help. God, thank you for these angels. Help us to take every one of those and be able to help every one of these families. Uh, God, I pray, Lord, for the Ramirez family. Just thank you, Lord, for the way our church just took care of them. I pray that, God, uh, Lord, maybe for some in the family that need you, that they would come to know you through all of this. God, would you use it for your glory? Take what the enemy means for evil and turn it for your good. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Amen. You may be seated. And if you have children that uh, would like to go to Children's Church, they can meet Miss Cindy right over here. All right, anybody? All right, awesome. Give our Children's Church workers a big hand if you would. Amen. Well, as I said... Tis the season to be jolly. Amen? Are y'all jolly? These guys are jolly. Look at them. They forgot something. <laughs> Miss Kimberly, do you have your hands full? <laughs> uh, I want you to, uh, you know, as we approach Christmas, I kind of tend to preach the same uh, thing to y'all a lot of times, is to just Remember uh, the season. Remember what you need to focus on the things you need to focus on uh, during this time of year. Uh, Christmas is a funny time of year because it can, in one in one fleeting moment, it can be the the jo most joyful time of year, and then about ten seconds later, it can be the most depressing time of year, right? And it can fluctuate very quickly. And I think most of us are probably already a little bipolar. I think we get extremely bipolar during the holidays because we're on this roller coaster ride of emotions. And can I tell you today, um, and the your greatest word, the greatest way I ever heard it put was remember to be present. And present is kind of a word we use associated with Christmas, but not in the sense of giving, giving presents, but be present. Uh, it's very easy to get caught up in uh, as you'll sit at the table or as you'll sit around the tree to be focused on who's not at the table or who's not at the tree. But instead, put your focus on the ones, be present for those that are at the table, for those that are around the tree. Because you never know who might not be there next Christmas. So you must be present. Don't get so caught up in our depression or our fear, or our anxiety, that we only focus and we just be depressed the entire time. Uh, if you want to remember those who are not around the table or around the tree, uh, do this. Force yourself to only have precious memories, sweet memories. Remember the joy. Remember the laughter. Uh, and, and, and understand this. Every one of these people that are already in heaven would not dare want to come back. Now, you and I, we would definitely like them to come back, right? Because it leaves a hole in our heart. But can I tell you, they're, they're in a far better place, having a far better time. Amen. And one day, guess what? I got news for you, whether you know it or not. We're all headed there. Amen. Today, you're one day closer than you were yesterday. So we must understand that. Be present in the moment. Minister while you can. Time is short. We don't know how much time we have left. Uh, that's, why, that's why you need to be present uh, as you come upon Christmas. And remember that it's not about the stuff. 
It's not about the gifts. It is about Jesus Christ. And so I wanted to kind of start off the holiday preaching uh, with a, a message called Scarcity Versus Abundance. All right? Scarcity versus abundance. Many of us have what I would call a scarcity mindset. A scarcity mindset says this. I never have enough. You ever, you ever been there? You ever felt that? Christmas is coming. We ain't got enough. It's never enough. No matter what I have, it's never enough. That's a scarcity mindset versus an abundance mindset. And I'll, I'll key in on that one as I get to preaching, all right? Here's what, here's what happens. Today, too much hate, not enough love. Can I get an amen for that? Uh, too many needs and not enough supply. You ever lay your bills out on the table and need about 10 more days in the month uh, and, and the pay to go with it? Amen. Uh, too many needs, not enough supply. Uh, we live in a culture that says too much fear and not enough peace. There is so much fear, and fear is the opposite of peace, all right? We need the peace of God. Uh, Jesus, one of his names was Prince of Peace. And he promised that I will give you the peace that passes all understanding. And then another one, too many bills, not enough jobs. Now, that one ain't necessarily true because you can drive around here and you see we're hiring all over the place. Amen. Uh, I don't know where all these people are and what they're doing. But if you want to work... There's work out there, amen? Um, you and I live in a culture of consumption. Really, Brother Mark? Yeah. Anybody here know a UPS worker? Anybody here know a FedEx worker? Anybody here know a postal service worker? Or an Amazon delivery person? Go ask them. We live in a culture of consumption. This time of year, those poor people, we need to pray for those people. Amen? Because their job is crazy. You'll see, this time of year, you'll see the UPS man out at 11 p.m. still trying to empty his truck. Knowing, and I've, I've known some guys that work for UPS, knowing he'll have to be back at it 7 a.m. in the morning and uh, with another truck full of stuff and uh, trying to keep up. So that's just the culture we live in. And uh, more and more, you can do that online. You don't even have to go shopping outside your house anymore. Just click, 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 click. Can I tell you this? Click is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, click is dangerous. There's a, usually a credit card connected to that click. And it's just real too, it's a little too easy to click, isn't it? And so be very, very careful. Uh, live within your means. All that junk, and I'm sorry, but whatever you're going to buy, it's going to be junk eventually. All that junk ain't going to matter. Uh, your kids are not going to fall apart if they don't get the 10 things, 10 top things they ask for. If you can't afford 10, get them five. Amen. Live within your means. They ain't going to remember it the day after Christmas anyway. So don't get caught up in all that. We get, I tell you, December's not the scary part. You know when the scary part is? January when the bill shows up. Mm-hmm. So if you don't want to have a bad January... Control yourself in December. Amen? Now, some of you, we all got addictions. You, you know I preach that all the time. 
Uh, some are just more socially acceptable than others. Some of you are shopaholics. Amen. And you love to click. I've seen you. You love to click. Amen. And if you're not clicking, you're swapping. Amen. And control yourself. Amen. Don't glutton yourself on the card. All right. So control yourself and live within your means. You live within your means every other part of the year. You know that uh, I have so much money coming in from my job, and I have the bills, and X has to, it all has to equal out, or you're going to get in trouble quick. So just apply that to the same, the same mindset at Christmas time. Live within your means. If you've got to buy a little cheaper gift or buy half as many gifts, that's okay. If nobody else tells you today, I give you permission today. Say, the preacher gave me permission that I don't have to buy all those gifts or I don't have to buy the expensive one. Get him a generic one. Amen. Oh, brother Mark, come on. Y'all did not respond to that. Amen. Can I tell you, the generic's okay sometimes. Amen. And sometimes if that's what you can afford, then that's what they need. Amen. So uh, exercise control. Um, the Bible mentions the topic of money and possessions over 2,000 times. Did you know that? The Bible mentions money and possessions over 2,000 times. Why that many times? Because God knows that money and things are the number one competition for your heart. If you're going to knock God off the throne, it's going to be the pursuit of money or the pursuit of stuff many times. That's what's going to knock him off the throne. All right? So, um, the, uh, the root of the tension many times is a scarcity mindset. So let's look at what a scarcity mindset. The scarcity mindset starts in the mind, not the wallet. Boy, that's a good, that's a good statement. And feel free to take pictures of any of these or write it down, all right? The scarcity mindset starts in the mind, not the wallet. The scarcity mindset, as I've already said, there is not enough. There is never enough. Can I say this? There is always enough because God will supply all your needs. doesn't say he will supply all your wants. And there is a difference between wants and needs. Amen. But he will supply all of your needs. He, that's one of his main promises. And can I tell you this? Um, here's what I've discovered. I've made a lot of different salaries over my lifetime. And... I'll share this testimony, and I know many of you could probably share a very similar testimony. Julie and I, uh, we started tithing, and we were giving 10% to the Lord. We were both working at the time. This is before kids showed up, and uh, we became uh, pregnant, or she became pregnant. I didn't become pregnant. I look like I'm pregnant. She actually was pregnant. Um, so uh, she became pregnant with Matthew. We had our first one, and we had a decision to make, like many of you, and uh this was uh, back in the 80s, and uh, Jules worked. She loved her job, wonderful job at TJC. Uh, but we decided we wanted to raise our kids. We, we did not want somebody else to raise our kids, and so we chose that Julie would not work. I'm not saying that's, that's a fit for everybody. That's what we decided, and we decided we will make the sacrifice to do that. And so we knew we were going to have to tighten our belts. <clears throat> Lord, how are we going to tithe? How are we going to do all that? But, God, we're going to trust you. So we tightened our belts we literally cut our income in half. And do you know, here's what I discovered. Uh, we survived. And no bills went unpaid. Uh, we kept eating. You can see I hadn't missed a meal. Uh, everything, uh, just it was like God just stretched the money. 
I can't explain it. It didn't work out on paper. If it ever works out on paper, it's probably not of God because then it's not faith. But we just trusted God, cut our income in half, and we lived and did just fine and never had to stop tithing because tithing is God's, uh, God's a genius. He set it up where it's not an amount. It's a percentage. And so we just continued to tithe, never missed a tithe, and God uh, stretched the money. Here's what I learned, and I've learned it, and thank God I learned it early on, and I've kept it true all my life. You can live on whatever you want to live on. Whatever amount of money you make, you can live on it. And you can even prosper in it. But it is a mindset. You have to decide, I'm not going to live above my means. That may mean you can't live in the house that you exactly want to live in. But you can live in a house that you need to live in. Amen. That may mean you can't drive a car that you want to drive. But you can drive a car that you need to drive. Brother Mark's big with the air quotes this morning. Amen. Uh, so understand this. You can, you can learn to live in whatever dynamic you choose that you live. And you can even live prosperously. The Lord told us that. And he gave us the parable of the talents. That if you will honor God with what you have, he will begin to give you more and more and more. Now, I know you knew the preacher was going to work tithing in there somehow. But here it comes. Amen? Uh, you can, if you're faithful, God said he promised See if I won't open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on you. You cannot outgive God. We could start giving tithing testimonies all over the room this morning, and I can guarantee you, people will tell you, I don't know how it works. I don't know how God did it, but I was faithful, and God just, you can't outgive God. Amen. He just keeps, keeps giving more and more and more. And I can tell who the tithers are because they say amen, amen. So, uh, you better say amen, amen. Uh, preacher knows, all right? Um, scarcity mindset, there's not enough. Here is the scripture for this one. Haggai 1.6. You have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but do not have enough. You drink, but you are not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. And he who earns wages, earns wages to put into a bag with holes. I love that scripture, amen. You ever had a hole in your pocket? You ever put money in a pocket, had a hole in it, and wonder, where'd the money go, amen? Somebody says, uh, you know, I found this about 10 feet behind you, fell out of your pocket, amen? That's what it says it's like. It says it's like you're putting your money into a bag or a pocket with a hole in it. It does no good. The money is slipping right through your fingers. Here's what I find. You can live on a lot less if you learn to waste a lot less, Amen. So, again, a lot of this is mindset. Read Proverbs. Proverbs is wonderful because Proverbs gives you nothing but common sense. Read a proverb a day. There's 31, so there's one for each day of the month. And you can't read it too much because it gives you wisdom on just little stupid stuff that you just, your attitude and the way you act. But there's a lot in there, too, about money and possessions and how you handle your money and possessions. And uh, it's, it's wonderful. So be smart. The old adage still applies. Work smarter, not harder. That comes to your finances, too. Uh, learn to live on less. Do you know, you know many uh, millionaires in the world today? You would not know they were millionaires. You go, especially in Texas, you go, some of these guys made their money in oil or cattle, and you go find these Texas millionaires, they're usually in overalls, 
old straw hat, you would not know that, that you're in the presence of a millionaire. Because, and, and let me tell you, let me give you a clue. It's because they, they became a millionaire because they know how to handle their money. And they have great wisdom in the way they handle their money. And they're not out splurging money on fancy cars, fancy houses. Most of them live very moderately, and they have tons of money in the bank. Now, am I promising everybody in here will be a millionaire? No, I am not. Uh, but I am saying this, that if you are wise with what you have, the parable of the talents says that God will begin to bless you with more. All right? Scarcity is a cycle. All right? Um, I don't know if you got Yeah. Uh, here, here's the cycle. Look at this. This is very interesting. God supplies. Everything you have in your life, it ain't yours. It's God's on loan to you. So here's how the cycle starts. God supplies it. We consume it, which leads to we consume too much. Then we lack it. Then that leads to we fear. And then that leads back to we consume. And we just keep consuming. And then instead we get in a cycle and we consume way too much. All right? Because we get that fear. And you know what will make me feel better? I need to buy some more stuff. That'll make me feel better. You ever had that if... When this happens, attitude, when this happens, attitude is, you know, I'm going to be happy. I'll be happy when I get that new car. I'll be happy when I get that bigger house. I'll be happy when I get that better job that pays more money. I'll be happy when my kids start acting right. Amen. There's a whole lot. It can lead anything. Amen. Uh, But here's the truth. It's just a cycle because the fear leads us back around to doing the thing that we should not be doing. Why? Because we usually do it. Whatever we're addicted to, it's our comfort zone. It's where we go when we know we shouldn't go there, but it's how we make ourselves feel better. You see this right here? This is all comfort right here. Amen? That's why they call it comfort food. Uh, You know, my problem is I eat when I'm happy. I eat when I'm sad. Every emotion I just eat. Amen? But that's what happens. It just, uh, well, you know, I need to exercise. But God, if I exercise, you know what? A pint of bluebell sounds better. Let me go eat a pint of bluebell. You know, it just, it leads to this vicious cycle over and over and over again. We have to break the cycle, okay? So what do we need to do? We need to get an abundance mindset. Here's what an abundance mindset says. There is more than enough. There is plenty. There is more than enough. And can I tell you this? In God's kingdom, there's always more than enough. He supplies all of your needs, not your wants. Probably the biggest part of the hurdle is distinguishing between your wants and your needs. All right? Uh, and we're not always real good at that. So uh, that, that's a, a little free one right there. Everything about God, I want you to listen to this. Everything about God is excessive, extravagant, and more than enough. One of the scriptures most of us know by heart, John 10, 10. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more what? More what? Abundant. God wants you to have an abundant life. It's his desire for you to have an abundant life. And that doesn't just mean spiritually. That means he wants to bless you 
financially. He wants to bless you in your home. He wants to give you good things. Listen, he will supply your needs, not your wants. But every once in a while, and thank God I've been on the receiving end of this, every once in a while, God will just show up and say, you know what, Mark? I just want to bless you today. Let me not only give you what you need. You know that thing you've really been wanting? I'm going to just give it to you today. Woo! Now, Sunday school people, what happened there? Remember? We talked about shouting this morning. Woo! Come on. Psalm 95. Y'all need to go read it. Shout joyfully unto the Lord. Amen? That's what we need. And I'm here to tell you, sometimes God will just show up and bless your socks off. Amen? And he will not only give you what you need, he'll give you what you want. But don't expect that all the time. That's not going to happen all the time. But sometimes God just shows up and he just wants to bless you. Amen? But he wants you to have an abundant life. So there are three principles of provision. How does God provide for you? Number one is this. This is for your mind and your mindset. And we're going to use this uh, parable. And the parable is, uh, if you remember this parable of the woman who didn't have anything, and she didn't have anything but one thing of oil. You remember? And she only has the one thing of oil. So we're going to take it from this story. The first uh, thing is don't diminish what you have. This woman didn't think she had anything, but she had something, and all it was was enough. Uh, here's the beginning of the story, Second Kings 4. One and two. A certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elisha, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So she was at the point of desperation. Verse two. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Stop right there. This is a major point right here. Elisha in great wisdom and with the leading of God, says, all right, I can't do a lot, but let me ask you this. What do you have? You're very good at telling me what you don't have, but what do you have? What do you have in the house? And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Now watch what God's going to do. God's going to take that one thing, and he's going to say, that's all you need, honey. That's all you need. You don't even know it. You don't, you're not even aware of it, but the biggest blessing is going to come from what's already in your life, what's already in your house. Can I tell you, Christian, you don't even know it, but your greatest act of provision that God's going to do for you is already in your life. You just got to find it. You just got to find it. Amen? All right. Number two, um, before I move on, scarcity is uh, fixed on what I lack. Abundance asks, what do I have? What do I have? Do you have a car? Can you drive? You can drive someone to church. Do you know we, we take a church van? Brother, uh, Brother Brian's not here this morning, but we have a church van. God's blessed this church with a church van. And we normally go and pick up kids and people uh, with that van. But guess what? That van can't do all the work. But I know some of you stop by and you get people who can't drive. And you bring them to church. You have a car. It's got four wheels on it. It's running. God can use that. That can become a great ministry for you. Well, Brother Mark, I have a little bit of time. You know, I have time. Guess what? Miss Cindy's begging you on Wednesday nights. Get your tail up here and give some time. Amen? Well, bless God, I'm not good with kids. Well, get over it. Amen? It's only an hour, you know. Everybody thinks they got to be called to something. 
Listen, somebody got to clean the toilets. Anybody here been called to clean toilets? No, you ain't called to clean toilets. But they got to be clean. Amen? Don't stop thinking you got to be called to everything. My gosh, it's an hour on Wednesday night. I don't like little kids a lot of times either. Amen? But guess what? I can go in there and I can spend an hour. Amen? You ain't got to be called to it. We're not talking about ministry positions here, people. Amen? Sometimes it's just stuff that's got to be done. Well, I got a little bit of time. Well, use it. Amen? Uh, it's a talent. It's a, the parable of the talents. Use it. It's what you got. Uh, you may say, I can't do anything, but I can cook. Guess what? We are all the time providing meals. Uh, Miss Mary's having to do a lot of it sometimes, but she, thank God when she calls some of y'all, just like the, this, this Wednesday night uh, for this family, the, she calls some people, we need dinner to feed the family on Thursday night, and you stepped right up. Amen. You can cook. That's a talent. That's a gift. And we are all the time trying to provide food for people who are grieving or people who are in, uh, coming out of the hospital and just trying to give them a little bit of relief. All right. You know, one of the greatest uh, things you can do for somebody, you're going to hate this one. But uh, somebody, I think, maybe did this when we came home from the hospital after having a kid. Somebody just showed up at our door and said, I want to clean your house. I did not get an amen on that. Amen. <laughs> But I cannot tell you how big a blessing that was. They didn't ask because they knew we'd probably just defer. Well, you don't have to do that. They just showed up. And can I tell you, a lot of times that's what you need to do because people are always going, oh, you know, they won't accept it. But if you just show up, you, gotta, you show up at the door and you got a bucket in your hand, say, I'm cleaning your house. Amen. It's no special talent. Just a little bit of elbow grease and willing to use your time. Amen? It can be done. The best way to bless people is sometimes to do the very thing you don't necessarily want to do. Now, I know most of the women are saying, good gosh, I can't even clean my own house. He's trying to get me to clean other people's house. Amen? <laughs> Go for it. Go for it. All right. Number two point. God often does the extravagant through what seems insignificant. All right? Scripture, we're going to continue the story. 2 Kings 4, verses 3 through 5. This is continuing the story. Then he said, go and borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. Let me stop there. Go back to that one. <laughs> That's the key part of the verse. Do not gather just a few. How do you want to be blessed? I remember another Brother Mike memory, somebody coming to him and saying, well, Brother Mike, do I, do I tithe on the net or the gross? He said, well, how do you want to be blessed? Yeah, there you go. You know, it's all in proportion. Notice what he tells her. Go and gather them, empty vessels. Don't gather just a few. If you gather just a few, you're going to limit your blessing. All right, keep going. Four. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons, then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. Verse five. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her and she poured it out. God's fixing to do something. This is all the setup. Amen. And he says, however many vessels you gather, that's going to be the proportion of your blessing. Now, do you think she knows this at the time? Mm -mm. But God tells her, and she does what God tells her. It's, all of this is based in obedience. In obedience, all right? So she says, okay, I don't know what's going on. But he says, go gather a bunch of them, so I'm going to gather as many as I can gather, okay? Um, so th this is in uh, direct correlation to the tithe. Malachi 3.10, you're all familiar with this verse. This is the one you always try to forget. Um, it says, 
bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And it's the only time, you've heard me preach this before, it's the only time God allows you and says, test you. Every other time in the Bible, he says, do not test the Lord your God. You remember that? But there's one time where God says, oh, no, I want you to test me in this one. And he says, and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Test him. And I always tell people, Brother Mark, I can't afford to tithe. You can't afford not to tithe. If you want to test it, I challenge you for a month. And you say, well, I can't do 10%. Do, try, do five. Start with 5% then. And just test God and see if he doesn't stretch your money and doesn't bless you and doesn't send it back to you tenfold. He will do it. He says, test me on this. One time, I, I'll let you test me. Test me on this. All right? Um, God, again, God is so smart. Why a percentage and not an amount? So that everyone can experience God's provision. A 10-year-old can give 10% of their allowance and be obedient to God and faithful to God. And it's easy. And can I say this? Parents, teach them young. If they learn young, then it just becomes a natural extension as they get older. Now, it's a whole lot easier to tithe on a $10 bill than it is on a monthly paycheck. Once you become an adult and you start working 40 hours a week. Amen. But if you learn down here, then it's just easy. You just slide on up. Amen? I can't afford to do it. Don't say that. You can't afford not to tithe. God will bless you beyond measure. And number three, God's abundance often follows faith. And again, talking about tithing, it is an act of faith. Again, it will never work out on paper. I, Julie and I sat down and tried to work it out on paper. It don't work out on paper because it is a step of faith. I can't explain how it happens, and normally it does not show up, and you think, well, I'll start tithing, and checks will just start showing up in my mailbox. That's not the way it works. It's just like God somehow took that money, the same amount, and he just somehow supernaturally stretched it. Amen? Uh, but it was because of the first step of faith. You have to take the step of faith first. Uh, the end of the story. 2 Kings 4, 6 and 7. Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Again, in proportion to what she did, she got as many vessels as she could. And when they got to the last vessel, they poured the last drop. And he said, uh, there's not another vessel, so the oil ceased. All right, verse 7. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil, and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. She was faithful, and the man of God tells her, Here's your provision. You didn't realize it, but that one jar of oil is going to provide for you, keep your sons out of slavery, and it's going to set you free. And she went and she sold the oil. Now we could attribute this to sometimes you got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you got to work overtime. Nothing wrong with working overtime. Sometimes that's what you got to do. I was ministering to a guy yesterday. It's a guy that I work with at my other job. And he said, my wife has lots of medical problems right now and our medical bills. And people ask me why I work so much and why I'm working overtime. He said, I'm, my wife will not go without my wife will not go without what she needs. 
And he said, uh, some people say, you don't have enough faith. He said, oh, I have plenty of faith, but I know that God calls me to provide for my family too. And so he works overtime. Sometimes you got to find that, that hobby that you're good enough at that you can maybe go and sell extra things, you know. Uh, Julie, I let Julie talk me into going to First Monday yesterday. Oh, dear Lord, stay away from that place right now. Amen. But there are people that go to First Monday once a month, and that's their, this is the popular word today, that's their side hustle, if you will. Sometimes you got to find that side hustle, get that second job, or find that hobby that you're good enough at, you can sell it. Uh, you do whatever you have to do. Work hard. You know, this friend of mine, he said, you know, some of them want to say, well, you don't have enough faith in God. You just need to pray and ask God to provide. And he said, I do that. But he said, I also know that a lot of these people, they want the government and they want somebody to provide for them and they don't want to go work for it. And he said, my Bible reads that if a man doesn't work, he shouldn't eat. Now, are there some people that do need it? There are some people that legitimately can't work. Yes. And there are people that need, I'm not saying anything against uh, disability or any of those things or providing for those who can't work. But there's a lot that could. And there's a lot that, and the Bible is very clear. And you can find more scripture that says uh, you, you need to provide for your family than you can that God's going, listen, God will provide for you, but you got to do what you got to do. God is calling you to take action. And I always tell people, if you want a better thing in life or you want a better position in life, do what needs to be done. If you want a better job, that may mean you need to go back to school and go back to school at nights. And you say, well, I don't want to do that. It takes a lot of effort and a lot of time. Yeah, it does. But guess what? You put the foot forward. You take the step of faith, and God will bless you. You know, uh, man, I... I'm so proud of some of y'all that are getting your degrees and, and going to school and to get your degrees late in life, maybe midlife or late in life, because it's never too late to better yourself. But you have to put the work in. Blessings of God is not for you to get in the lazy boy and shkagook. Say, here I am, God. Lay it on me. That is not the way God works. Amen. I, if I were God, I'd say, you mean to get your tail out of that lazy boy and get to work. Amen. That's the way you do it. So, again, I, I know Brother Mark's very blunt. I'm sorry, all right? But listen, remember the parable of the talents? We aren't uh, trusted with more until we've been faithful with little. So maybe you consider what you have right now to be little. Well, that's okay. But you will not be trusted with more until you prove yourself faithful with a little. You remember the parable of the talents? And he gave the guy... The one talent, all he had was one. And all he had to do was try to just better that a little bit. And he goes and buries his in the ground. And the other guys take their talents, and they go and they invest it, and they work with it, or they put it into something else, and it just grows so that when the master comes back, hey, not only what you gave me, here's twice as much as what you gave me. And he calls them good and faithful servants. He calls the one who buried it in the ground, you wicked and unfaithful servant. You were not good. You were not wise with what I gave you. Listen, maybe God is waiting to give you, bless you, and provide, give provision to you, but you just don't have enough faith or you're not stepping out on it. You need to do that. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? One more thing I wanted to share with you. 
well, the band's coming. Uh, whenever I become spiritually stuck, it's because I stopped pouring and I started storing. I like that. Whenever I become spiritually stuck, it's because I stopped pouring and I started storing. And I just want to store it away and say, God, that's mine. You can't touch that. I worked hard for that. That's from my blood, sweat, and tears, and that belongs to me. Don't touch it. And I just stored it over there in a closet. You know what happens to things in closets? They're not good. God wants to come. He wants you to empty all your closets. He says, they don't belong in the closet. You need to get them out here and open with me. Amen. And you need to give me control of them. All right? Love. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I've got the faith to pour because I belong to the God of more. I've got the faith to pour because I belong to the God of more. Father, I pray that you'd have your will in your way as we sing this last song, God. I pray for those who need prayer today. I pray for those who are just struggling. And God, I just pray, the Lord, if they need prayer, God, would we just put ourselves in a posture of praise to you this morning. And God, I pray that, Lord, you just meet everybody's needs in this place today. May we be people of faith. God, I love you and I thank you for this time in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with us one last time? We're going to sing one last song. And during this song, if you need prayer, Brother Martin's going to be on this side. I'll be right here. Uh, if you need to come and just pray at this altar, you need to come and join the church. If you just need to come and, uh, and just uh, make do business with God, you just uh, you come as we sing this last song. All right.
comes to us. We put our faith and our trust in you. God, you're our provider. You provide everything we need in our life. I put my faith in Jesus, my anchor to the ground, my hope and firm foundation. He'll never let me down. I put my faith in Jesus, my message, God. And I pray that, God, as this Christmas season comes, that, God, you would just be faithful to us. Be our provider. May we live within our means during this holiday season, during this time, God. I pray that, God, you would just be our provider. I pray that, God, we could just make you proud, God, that we would bring glory and honor to your name, the way that we treat this season, the way that we live in our finances, God, the way that we just live our lives for you. And God, I pray that it would all bring you glory and honor. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. Hey, listen, I want you to have a great rest of your Sunday. We need help decorating this building, and it doesn't need to be just Miss Cindy and Miss Vicki. So uh, if you would, we're going to start right now. Guess what? You say, well, Brother Mark, I'd be there, but I'm not there. Guess what? You are here. Amen. So as soon as we say uh, you're dismissed, you can go and help. All the stuff's in the uh, Fellowship Hall. It's already out. We just need to get it out and decorate it so everybody help. Amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>